guys, welcome back to my podcast, Sincerely Your Mental Health. This is your host, Savannah. Um, I am very excited because we have a special guest today. But before I get into that and I introduce him, um, I just really want to say thank you to everyone who listened to my last episode, as always. Um, I'm really excited to have start having guests on now just to get different perspectives of certain things. So I really hope that you guys enjoy this episode. Um, if you have any questions to follow up, obviously, please let us know. Um, and without further ado, I would like my guests to introduce themselves. So how about you introduce yourself, your name, and let's hear one thing about you. Um, something so my exciting. Name is, my name is Kelvin. Um, and something exciting, I would say the most <laughs> exciting thing that I could say that other people would be either excited about or like excited to hear is I, I'm going to be writing, or I'm going to be like producing and publishing a movie very, very soon. I was hoping you said that. Yeah. Because when you first told me that, I was just like, I mean, like, I think I remember just telling you, like, I've never met someone. Obviously, like, I know people do that stuff, but I've never met someone who, you know, that's exactly. like their goal, which I think is super fire. Um, so I'm going to jump right into it and I'm going to get set it off with a question because I feel like if I set it off with uh, a question, then we can kind of just thoroughly like get into the conversation again. Uh, like all my other podcasts, it's not really any plans. Me and Calvin did talk. Um, a few days ago so we do know some things that we kind of want to talk about but I really just like to have like thorough conversation and just whatever comes out comes out exactly um so my question that I picked from this is from we're not really strangers the game I always post these stories on my um I've always posted their questions on my story and I get the most feedback when I use these rather than my own stuff and I feel like it just makes people really think even though they're kind of subtle but they are pretty deep depending on how you make it um so the one that I'm going to choose today is what about you has felt repeatedly misunderstood by others, if any, if anything? Yeah, um, that's a good one, huh? <laughs> that's, that's an amazing one. Like, there's so many things, but like as you were just right, like before you even finish off the sentence, the I would say the biggest thing is probably um, I would have to split it into like part A, part B, possibly, mm -hmm. but most likely my relationship with like solitude like you know what i mean like when there's just certain times like as a creative or whatever like aspect of life that requires me to do it like i need complete like just separation detachment to really just balance everything out get my checks and balances in order and uh, fully understand like how i want to attack it before letting allowing anybody else's like influence or ideas to even come in infiltrate like what i want to do do you feel like that I think that's a fire answer because I think it's the same thing with me like I'm I'm learning that about myself because I wasn't someone who always enjoyed solitude yeah. I had like a, a very anxious attachment style so yeah. I was very close to like my family and then when I left there as like I came here and I was still I didn't know what solitude was even though I was by myself so like nope. how do you feel like or do you feel like that's affected your relationships? Because that's not something that everyone understands, especially as a creative. That's not something that everyone understands. Yes. Yeah, so just even just friendships in general, like no, just like any, yeah. it's honestly any relationship, whether it's like just a, an acquaintance, a colleague, a friend, a family member. Because like not everybody, and then like for people like us to actually do it, um, we're not always the best at explaining how and why we're doing it for, and then we don't always pick the right time either or like know the right time so like we'd rather just keep things to ourselves mm -hmm. and it just it's one of those things that like I tell people all the time like I, I apologize in advance like because I'll see your text message or a phone call like I'll see phone calls hours later I'll see text messages like days later and just be like yeah 
damn, like, now do I even bother, like, record, like, I mean, responding and stuff like that? You had said something to me the other day that, like, comforted me every time someone says this, like, don't apologize. Because I'm the person that's like, I always apologize. So I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I, if I don't, if I open something and I don't respond in that moment, I probably won't respond for, like, a week. But it's not intentional. It's just that at that moment, not that you're not important, but I have so much other stuff going on. Or I'm just overstimulated. A lot of people always ask me, like, what overstimulated is. And I feel like it's the main reason why I go into those isolations. Because I just feel like there's just way too much going on in my head. And as someone who is a creative for... I mean, just as a lifestyle, but also someone who's a personal trainer, like I have to have a lot of time to think, to be proactive with my, with my clients. So like, yeah. just like you said, I don't know how to explain it sometimes. I don't know how to tell people I'm going to get into that mode. And when I do, I feel like I come off not, I don't want to say not kind, but like, I don't have much words to it. Like yeah. something that I'm super used to it. And, my, and like, I appreciate my, like, you know, T.O. Like T.O., I talk about him all the time on my podcast because I cannot talk to T.O. for like, a month and it's never that we don't talk like here and there but he can call my phone and we'll have a conversation for three hours like nothing ever happened you know like he doesn't make me feel like a bad friend because i don't talk to him constantly and those are the kind of relationships that i value in my life rather than people who always make me feel like i owe them some kind of explanations why i'm doing certain things or just say little like i don't know about you but some people will say little things i'm just like really like my mom and i know it's not intentional sorry mom because i just know this is this but like she'll text me and she'll be like well i'm or she'll call me at nighttime and i'll finally answer the call and she'll be like well i'm happy you're alive like what did you do today like where have you been and i'm just like i'm sorry but like in that moment i can't even say like sorry mom like i've just been exhausted it's just yeah. sometimes i don't i don't know how to explain it but it's interesting because i don't know if you've always been that way but like i said i haven't always been this way so it's almost wow. an adjustment and sometimes it makes me feel like a very bad friend because i no. used to be a people pleaser and just was so attentive to everybody, but I wasn't attentive to myself. So now that I am that, it's like, oh, Savannah is fucking, who knows? I don't know. (laughs) Whatever people perceive it as, but I'm like, it's just so much more peaceful this way. But I guess there's some ways that I get better. Yeah. Especially like, especially like now, because I haven't always been like this, but then even when it did first start off, I didn't really understand it. I couldn't even like tell what was going on until like, I'm not gonna lie, like I, I there was a point there's a point where I was doing it and then like time would pass on. I'd be like, yeah, I feel like a shit friend, like because of the way like because people give me so much like like uh, I don't know if everybody knows, but like our like the friend group I have, we've been a, a, like it's I wanna say it's massive, but it's a good amount it's, massive. it's been for a long time. You know what I mean? So it's massive. Yeah, it's massive. <laughs> so like, like I always look at your guys' friend group and I'm like, that's fucking goals. Like you guys, you can tell that you guys have been friends for a very long time. Yeah, like, the rapport is heavy. The rapport is heavy, mm-hmm. like, the love is heavy. So we've always given each other so much of, like, whatever we need and whatever we require. So it at one point, it just hit me, and I was like, yo, like, I'm not giving the same, you know what I mean? Like, equi- equally, like, I'm not giving back as much as I should be doing. Or, or like, maybe it wasn't in the same way, so I didn't see it. Like, it was equally, like, if I was shortchanging them. So I, I, I. I had to like just kind of dive into it a little bit more and just be like, yo, what's the reality of it? Because like, there's something that I'm putting on it as like a like the connotation that I'm putting on it, and then there's the reality. So let me like separate from myself and my ego a little bit and just like really look at the picture and see like how can I balance it in any other way. Um, but now you're you're right because like it'll be it'll be like those small little that people don't even mean to like really put anything behind it, but it'll be like a small little sentence or small little remark and it makes you look at yourself a little bit more seriously. And I think because, I don't want to say I think, because when I say I think, I feel like I'm not being confident in it. But personally, like I, I believe 
fuck, I just lost my train of thought. What the fuck was I just going to say? Yeah, oh, what I was going to say is you, you guys are very blessed. Like, from afar, I always tell Tyler, I'm like, you guys have an amazing friend group. You can absolutely tell. Um, and it's, I kind of look at it in a sense, like, I don't have that. So for me, it's just with the friends that I do have that it was easy for me to feel, especially moving away. And, you know, I used to have my group of friends at home moving away. It used to make me feel like I was a shit friend because I wasn't just the same thing, like putting in. And I, there was moments where I had to sit back and think like, um, and really break things down. And like you say, like, that's where my ego had to like really go out the door in order for me to grow. Cause I had to really start admitting to things that I was doing wrong or could have potentially be doing wrong. Um, and not so much trying to figure out like, not in a bad way, what other people were doing towards me, but just where I could have been better in certain, in certain situations. Um, so I feel like, yeah, like it just makes me that, but I think the awareness that we have is just everything. Cause just like you said, like there's so many times where I sit down and I'm just like, okay, let me like for real break this down between reality and like, you know, like what it really is and what I'm making it to be inside of my head, because that's where I'm like, that's where I very much struggle. Cause a lot of times I make myself where people make themselves the victim i make myself the opposite like i make myself like i did everything wrong i'm a horrible shitty friend like and i had to stop being like that and just being like savannah like you're not depressed you're good it's just this is what solitude feels like and it feels very lonely sometimes that's something that i'm struggling with right now because it's just it's a good lonely sometimes i think but then sometimes i get super like bored where i'm just like i think i want to fill my time because i'm bored and then i combat that with you only want to fill your time because you're bored just relax and i'm just i get into like this like back and forth with myself because i'm just like okay but like i don't this could be another thing too and maybe it's just because i've been on like my healing journey forever that like that's another thing too is i have to nip that in the butt because whenever i feel like i might be ready to move forward i'm like nope there's something you need to work on like i constantly tell myself i'm not ready because there's something else i have to work on and i'm like or because i love my solitude so much like that's scary it's really scary not liking that and then liking it and being like i don't want to give my energy to anybody now because like but not even just that but like when i want to be by myself i just want to be like i don't want to tell anybody like i just want to be by myself you know I don't want to announce it. I don't want to like. I, it's, it's also like one of those things, like, like they'll like my boys will be out and stuff like that doing whatever they're doing, and they'll and, and they got to the point like now they know, like and if I want to go, I'll ask or like I'll, they stop <laughs> they the stop invite. Asking. They know, yeah, they know. They stop asking, and they also know that when I go somewhere, like every time I go somewhere, and I think these comments are funny. Like these comments are funny. They don't offend me when I see my friends and they're just like. Well, we'll just say bye now because like you're not gonna say bye like you're just yeah, gonna leave like gonna we out. know you're gonna be here for two minutes and you're just gonna leave and i'm just like or i'll like text them like oh yeah i'm excited like let's go here and they'll be like all right sad like we'll believe you when we see you there like yeah. you know where we'll be and- i'll pull up to an event and then they'll be i'll be like oh my god yo like look who's mm-hmm. here like look who actually showed up and it's and it's those little like that's kind of like that's a as a character trait for me and i i and, and mm-hmm. I, I think that kind of like to me it just makes it more like, especially with like this shit for writing. It's like, like we were saying, we I never met anybody else that that wrote like movies or scripts or anything like mm-hmm. that. Like the only person that ever really gave me an influence that I knew and I knew personally on level was uh, Mr. Peterson. He's the only he's the only person that I ever like really contacted to and spoke to was like, yo, like this is mad interesting to me and this is something i would get into so i you know i mean i would write a little bit of poetry like back in high school type shit but like as time went on it's like i that's not really my interest anymore but i still like to do it as like an exercise like let me flex the muscle of creativity and let me do that whenever like the mood comes but like i get my i get my um 
I get all like my material and stuff like that from the world and from everything around me. But like being sought, like locked away and shit like that, like mm-hmm. it's just, your imagination just runs way more rampant. So that would you say, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like no, before this, listen, would you say that like something like poetry is a tool, a creative tool that helps you with like the writing and stuff oh, yeah. like that poetry is one of those things that like i feel like a lot of people in general like if you speak to people on a daily basis or like just if you want to be better linguistically like you should write poetry just so you can understand like undertones and emotions and be able to play with wordplay a little bit more um but i'll still go to the poetry when i'm like i'm having writer's block about like a scene or something like that or a character and i'll try to write like a little poem or a little haiku about the person or the scene or something like that mm-hmm. and then it'll spark like a whole nother level of like just like you know just do you you feel like it allows you to get more i guess depth because i feel like when i think about poetry it the way that i mean depending on the kind of poetry that you you use it allows you to be more descriptive i guess and to paint a better picture yeah yeah especially when it's like when i'm having more trouble with like laying out a scene for people because like the poetry has so many emotions attached and it's all words but then i try to translate it into like a scene it's like all right these emotions can be like now split up and dispersed into what the dialogue is between the characters. What are the characters wearing? What's the actual frame? Like where are the characters in the frame compared to like where a boss is? Like, is that boss in a metal or not? Is a table or like, you know, if for, is there an object in the frame that's sentimental and that can kind of deliver the same emotion as like words in a poetry. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. You know, what's actually now I want to talk about that. Cause you're saying this and you probably, we can talk about this cause it's a movie. I didn't see it. I'm going to say it right now. I didn't see okay. it. But some, one of my friends is telling me about the movie Smile. He was basically telling me the, the storyline and how... Did you see the movie? I haven't seen it yet, no. Okay, because it's definitely not something that I would see because I saw a lot of trigger warnings on how it can affect people who are mentally ill and stuff like that. And after he told me the storyline of it, it really made a lot of sense to me about how it dealt with mental health and just like battling certain demons and stuff yep. like that in the movie. And it was just really crazy to hear the whole entire concept of it and how... Um, you know, I can watch like fucking Halloween and like, and like all that gory shit, but when it comes down to like real nice. psychological yeah, stuff, the psyche stuff is it's, more serious. Yeah. yeah, and like he was explaining it to me, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, I know I'm a deep thinker, and I was like, I'm not trying to be annoying or make it out to be something that it's not, but it's it, amazing how the person that wrote the story, like wrote the script, I know for a fact it was so much deeper meaning than just yeah. being a scary movie. Like, movie basically, the, I guess the plot of it was like she didn't know what was real or not. Like, she was yeah. literally battling demons, and the only way out was to either kill herself. Mm-hmm. in front of someone to transfer it to them or to kill some like to escape it you have to literally kill someone else in front of someone else like yep. you're just constantly fighting these demons and then she gets to a point where she feels like she was um battling uh or not escaping it because she was holding on to guilt because she mm-hmm. felt like her mom died because of her and just all this stuff that i was like i'm still not i'm still not fucking with it i'm not gonna see it but i appreciate the detail in the story because i feel like it allows even though it's a scary movie it brings awareness to people who really think like that Mm -hmm. like when he was saying that to me like that is something that i've genuinely struggled with like when i say when i personally say like i fight i've fought demons when it comes to depression it's literally that battling those things in my mind so it makes me very curious if that writer went through something like that in order to make it and i guess that brings me to the question of like you obviously use this tool as something whether it is to just be creative or to help your mental health like would you say that the stuff that you make is stories like your storytelling or is it just creative like inspiration and it's just fun like you don't really have like a 
or is it like you trying to pour parts of yourself into what you do? Does that make sense? I definitely understand um, what you're getting at. I, w- I, I, don't, I don't think I can pinpoint any like piece of material that I've ever like really tried to, it might be subconscious, so I can't deny it, but I can, I never like consciously and directly was like, all right, this is like something that's related to me or related to something I've witnessed okay. or anything like that. Um, but I, I feel like everything in our brain that comes to us and like that comes, you know, across our mind of actual like thinking of it at the moment, is something that's been in your brain and you either experienced it, you either like had something that was similar to it and it created that idea and the idea came mm-hmm. to you. Now you're aware of the idea. So I definitely do think that anything that I write or anything that's creativity is either a coping mechanism or like a trauma response. Cause like this doesn't just come from anywhere. Like my mm-hmm. brain is not just going to spit this out from anywhere. Mm-hmm. So anything that, anything that comes to me and it's like, damn, like this, this is art. Like this could be art or anything like that. I strongly believe that it's either a coping me- mechanism or a trauma response that has never been like actually healed. It's, it's hard fire. to think of that way, but it's like, you, we got to think about like the human okay. brain. Is, like, kinda, like, no, for sure. But it's also really fire. Cause just like, you know, another thing that we'll get into talking about when it comes to, you know, men's mental health, it's amazing that you have a tool like that, that can be something that's just when for fun and when it's creative, but also an outlet. Yeah. to like release certain things and it's also stuff that you can come back to that maybe you do it right in that moment and it doesn't seem like it's something deeper than it is but when you later you on, might fucking yeah, yeah later, later on you on, might go back to it has. and be like yeah like there's times i listen to my my old podcast and i'm like i'm so many doors talking about stuff or re-listening to myself talk because sometimes i don't know about you but i'll fucking just just ramble so like when i go back and listen i'm like this I didn't even notice, like, I was, like, really thinking like that for real. Or, like, I was really going through that. And then I break it down to, like, why was I feeling this way or, you know, just certain things. So, like, that's really, really fire because I think that, like, one of my questions that I had that we can just kind of get into this topic is um, what do you, what would you, what advice would you give to any men that feel like they they don't have an outlet, I guess, like, um or because i feel like that's a common struggle like people have personally talked to me and i'm just like well what do you do for like fun or what do you do as like you know an outlet when you're feeling a certain way because obviously it's it's horrible it's a stigma but like men obviously don't feel as comfortable talking to other to people and obviously that's something that i want to shed more light on and that's something that we want to work on but outside of that as a as a creative or even someone who may not be creative like you know this is something that obviously just came to you like it's something that you already did but yeah. if you had like male friends that were kind of just trying to find like an outlet or trying to find something that they thoroughly enjoy, because that might be something too. I feel like with men, they probably don't have, it's hard for them to find that self-expression or to find things that they like in that sense, because we as a society are so fucked and we make it seem like if guys want to do certain things, it's just like a girly shit to do. And that's not a vibe. Um, so how would you like, what advice would you give to anyone that um, would want to find? I would say the, the first thing is, when it comes to something like that, if they don't feel like, if you don't feel like, and this is all the guys, like I'm gonna talk to you out directly. If you don't feel like you have something, reevaluate, re like not even reevaluate. Like I don't say this as in a, a derogatory way, but like reevaluate your life and like look at everything you have again because you might actually have it, but you might not be putting the same like kind of perspective towards it as you should be. Um, and then aside from that, I would say like learn to separate your ego from like, you know what I mean? Like learn to detach from the ego a little bit. So that way you can get a better understanding of what truly makes you happy. Cause I feel like with the ego, so many people are like, um, 
they're trapped with the with the essence of not only like what are people gonna think of them, what is society gonna think of them, but it's like, yo, what it, what am I gonna think of myself? Like, am I gonna be happy with this decision? Like, and they they ponder on that a little bit too much sometimes to the point where like they wear themselves out and it's like I don't want to think about it anymore. Um, but it, it's located a lot of people have that that coping mechanism with them, but they just don't actually know that's what they do it for. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Uh, and then the other thing is just gonna be like, yo, live live as freely as you can try as many things as you can like i i, I think the it's funny because it, it really didn't strike me like as something i liked at first but i i um i went to a fencing club earlier in the in the summer that's fire yeah. so i didn't pick it up directly because i just wanted to like gather some knowledge on it stuff like that but i was like yo this is something that like same thing with the writing i never knew anybody that wrote nobody introduced me to this I don't know anybody that fences. I, nobody introduced me to that. But I was like, yeah, that's a pretty cool sport. Let me get a little bit, like, coming next summer, like, it'd be something I'm definitely down to, like, do for mm -hmm. a couple of months just to get into the training and just mm -hmm. to do just something differently because, like, I, my mind might just reshape itself after doing that. So I, I definitely recommend a lot more people to just, like, to, don't worry about what anybody's going to say or who's going to join you on what you're going to do. Just try something new, like, you know, go paddle boarding, you know, mm -hmm. go – Go out into up work Connecticut. Go out into upstate New York and stay in a cabin for like three to four days by mm -hmm. yourself and like really try to lay things out. I think the biggest thing too is like that I discovered, especially when moving here, is that there's so many different things to do and to try. Like you said, paddleboarding. I went paddleboarding for the first. I went down to see my brother in Dallas, and we went to like downtown Fort Worth, and I had the most um, amazing experience paddleboarding. Just like being in the middle of a big ass river by myself. Like it was literally just me and my sister all just strolling along like so fire like once i moved to texas i started kayaking more just getting outside more in like nature and i feel like that's a big way to find yourself too it's just that people don't want to do the hard things i think um and an ego is a really big thing and this goes for anyone it, you made a huge point when you say just your life should be about just trying different things that's something that i used to be so insecure about when i graduated high school I, my whole identity in high school was softball. Savannah's a softball player. Savannah's a minister. Like, I remember. And it turned from being a hobby to just feeling like work. So when I graduated, just knew that the way that I learned college, I never wanted to live the college life experience. I never was really into the partying. I didn't want to leave home at that time. Like, yeah. it just didn't, it wasn't what I wanted to do. So when I went to hair school, I thought that was it. Go to hair school. I can, I was good at it. By the end of hair school, I rem I'll never forget, like, I got awards and all this stuff, and it was amazing, but I didn't feel fulfilled. Yeah. I didn't feel like when I graduated school, I wanted to go work in a salon. Everyone looked at me like I was crazy. My dad was pissed. And then, what do you mean? You don't want to go to this? No. So then when I moved to Texas, I was like, okay, I want to go to barbering school because I, something that, you know, however people perceive it, I just like the male environment because I didn't drop, there was so much drama in a hair salon. When I, anytime I'm in a barbershop, I learn something. I, I don't know what it is. I learned something. The conversation is different. Um, and then at that time also as well, I was really big into bringing awareness to mental health. And I knew what I could do behind a chair for women. But now it was like, okay, I, I want to see what I can do behind the chair for men. Um, and so I tried. I went to barbering school. And that just, as much as I love the environment, I felt anxious doing it. My biggest thing was that anything that I felt anxious doing and didn't feel confident showing up to do, I couldn't do. And I was just start getting insecure. Like, what the fuck is for me? Like, I felt lost. Like, nothing feels like for me. When am I ever going to feel confident doing something? Um, and then that's just when I started working out and fall just feeling like an athlete again, but having control over it. When you literally keep trying certain things, you are bound to find what you are passionate about. 
you're and it's not even that like I learned that being passionate about something was like doing hair I wasn't passionate about doing hair I wasn't passionate about being a barber I was passionate about helping people and so doing personal training main focus is to help you outside of the gym I don't care about inside the gym like I'm happy you have goals you want to look a certain way you want to train but like I want to make sure you're good up here. So having, being able to go through all that to find the career that I have now and feeling, showing up, I can show up to a gym and train anybody and I feel confident. Like that's an amazing feeling. So like it takes so much trial and error to find that. But I've realized that in this generation, people don't want to go through that. Like you either feel like a quitter, you feel like you're doing too much or you're not going to make enough money. Like what I've always told people is like the money comes. I'm not. Comes in always. Oh, um, oh, in always. all ways, in all ways. When I was a hairdresser, Barbara, I made no money doing that. I made no money. Like I was stressed. I was like, "What the fuck am I gonna do?" I came here and I was like working at Nordstrom doing all this. Like becoming a personal trainer, I, I've and mind you, I still struggle. I'm not what like it's it's inconsistent at the beginning when you're setting off and you're starting a business. Oh, like course, it's yeah. not consistent. Personal training is a fucking journey because not all people want to stick with something like this. So like. You're constantly trying to find new people. You're constantly just, it's just a whole, there's so much behind it. But like, what I learned about it is like, when you get going and it's so much more worth it to do something that you love and knowing that it's going to come in. There's weeks where I've made more money than ever possible. And I still live on like this, like literally I was today like shopping for my trip and I'm like, man, why are you spending money? And it's crazy to have that feeling of like, I used I was in survival mode for so long now that I'm doing something I love, but I can like actually be kind to myself and like do things for myself. It's real crazy. You can't shake that past feeling off. Like, no, yeah. Like that for so long. Me personally, I feel like, like is this it? Like, mm-hmm. so having that security of constantly combating those thoughts of like, this is this is your life. Like, this is what you're meant to do. You know, whether it changes up in different forms, whether you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so that's just my wholehearted advice. Step outside of your ego and just try so many things. But like you said, with the fencing thing too, hobby wise, there's so many different things. And that's the other thing too is like, don't wait for people to want to do stuff. No. One and I think two, that's the biggest mistake. People yeah, have. you're constantly waiting for people. You're not gonna get things done. But there will no. be those certain moments where there are people that want to do things and they enjoy the things that you do, and it's fire to share it with them. But you just you can't you can't wait on stuff like that. No. The other thing that I think about. Uh, and another reason why I had asked you that is because um, I feel for men who have a passion about a career that they feel like is for women. Okay. Yeah. And like the other day I went to look at my nails done. Men do the best hair and nails, hands down. Even in hair school, one of my best friends in hair school, he was the, he was the, be- the award that I got should have been his. I swear to God, like hands down. Like I literally looked at him and I was like, what are you talking about? Like <laughs> he was, he is phenomenal. And it's just crazy because I'm like, I know that there probably are people or there, there was men that went to my hair school to do hair and they were not gay, but they're looked at like, that's a woman's career. People automatically assume that. Right. It's more of a feminine, but it's just like, why, you know, like, cause why is it not weird for, or masculine for a woman to be a barber? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think that was one of my questions. Uh, Why are male mental health issues more stigmatized than female issues? And what can our society do to break that mold? I would say one of the biggest things, and I think it's it's also like, I don't know if it's more geographical or anything like that, but since like the United States is more of a, it's 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 a newer, you know, what is it called? Like empire or whatever it is. Like we're not even that old yet. We're un- less than 150 years old. And I feel like a lot of people, even, even in England, it could be the exact same thing, whatever the case may be. But I feel like it's just like for so long, even before like the the you know creation of technology and the whole turn of ages, 
and like women not being able to vote for so long and not having all the say it's like yo you guys have been quote unquote like the breadwinners in the eyes of just the world for so long breadwinners like you know i mean head of households like this is the strong one that provides and stuff like that and i feel like it's just been embedded pe in people's minds for so long that it's like almost herd mentality at this point like everybody thinks the same way that it's like yo if you're I mean, if you're feeble as a man and stuff like that, what's to say that like, you, you know I mean, like you cry in front of people, what's to say that you won't crumble like within the next day or two or within the next year? And I feel like that's just so, it's like oversaturated with how people think that way. Cause it's like, yo, like I'll cry in somebody's face or something like that. But like when it comes to like trauma and stuff like that, or like comes about like thick skin, I'll cry right now and I'll still be stronger, like mentally mm -hmm. than a lot of you that try to pent that shit up because like, at the end of the day, you don't even know how to like get in tune with your emotions. So you can flip out outbursts and stuff like that. Cause well, I was going to say, it comes out no matter what. Yeah. yeah. It, when like I'll use an example, like when my emotions come out and stuff like that, it comes out cause I'm more in tune with them. It's a lot easier for people to understand where I'm coming from, why I'm coming that way. And you know what I mean, and like what is to come next or how to fix it. As so if like you're not in tune with your emotions and you have an outburst, whether it be angry, sad, whatever it is. Now it's like, it's double the work because you have to figure out why that's happened. And now the people around you have to figure out why that's happened as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I'm like guilty of that too. Cause, and this is one thing I've, I'm, I'm not a perfect person. I say that all the time. So like me, I struggled with ang like anger management all throughout middle school and like beginning of high school and just really bad outbursts where like now if you, it takes me a lot to get to that level. So those are times where like, if I ever do get there, like when I get angry, like I will really black out. Like, I don't care who's talking to me. I don't care what's happening. Like I will completely black out. And it takes a lot for me to get to that point. Um, but because I think I'm like, I haven't got to there in a long time, but if I ever feel like I can't thoroughly explain my emotions or cause there, like I said, there'll be times where I still don't, like I'm in tune with my emotions, but it's still, because I'm not sitting and There's thinking about how I want to react. Of things that yeah. still catch you, you know what I mean? Of course. So what I've learned is it's not how I react in the moment. It's how I react after that. Because yeah. I'll react in a moment sometimes and I'm not happy with myself and how it happened. And I'll sit there and be like, well, why did I react like this? Why did, like, you know what I'm saying? And I give myself those patience and then sit and say, okay, it's how I deal with it now yes. that I know, that I know better. You know, like, I can't expect to be perfect in every moment. You can't expect to be perfect in every moment. Like, no. there's no completely healed version of yourself that's just not going it, to, it's just normal. It's, it's nature, but it's also, there's just healthier ways to do certain things. Like, I think people who hold stuff in, it just, I can see it in a lot of people now because I know what it looks like. And like my, my dad will say to me, my dad doesn't listen to my podcast, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> but he's just like he told me the other day. He's like, you just need to stop trying to read people. And I'm like, I'm not trying to no, read it you. Like, it, just I, ha it happens. It just mm -hmm. happens automatically. And I feel like right. for a long time, I'm a very intuitive person, regardless of who you are. Like I, I read the room very well. I read people's like body language very well. I, I mean, we don't speak on it so much because like a lot of time it doesn't need to be like that's information mm -hmm. that we're receiving and then we act accordingly from there um but like it's it's one of those things that it's like i don't try to read people it's not like i'm doing it as a game or doing it for fun or right. doing it to like get an advantage it just happens like if i see somebody walking a certain way come into a room and like it's not i can't i can't just you know close my mm -hmm. eyes and shit like that like it just happens and even sometimes if you do close your eyes and you just listen to somebody talk or like you just 
take in the room like you can kind of feel that shit too like you know what i mean like, yeah and i don't know if you can relate but there's sometimes where i'll feel like that and it's like i want to make sure someone's okay yeah. or like i'm also i'm in a very intuitive person and i don't even need to be in the room with you yeah. i really don't like all right well we got fucking cut off so with that we'll just call this our second segment because i'm gonna be so for real for me to remember <laughs> anything we were just talking about would be the biggest task of my life oh yeah um, so basically, like, what I'm trying to say is, like, I intuitively can feel when someone is going through something, mm-hmm. and because I'm so empathetic, like, I, it's just very strong, like, last night, like, I haven't, so one of my friends, I know they're going through something, so I just, I'm very big on just, I'm here for you, but I'm gonna give you your space, and last night, I'm driving home, and I'm just like, no, something's not right, like, I need to make sure, like, I have to make sure you're okay, especially when it comes to men, because as a friend, to a lot of my close guy friends, like, I don't know how your friends are to you. I don't know how they look at mental health. So to me, it not feels like a job, but I'm going to be that friend. That, like, I have to make sure, I need to make sure you're alive. Like, honestly, like, one thing that I really struggle with, um, like, that I have trauma with is literally just death. And it can be a positive thing. It can be a not good thing a lot of times. And one of the ways that it's not good is that it's what I constantly think about. So I had that situation where that's a friend that I can check on. I got a response. I know you're okay. Cool. But then I have other friends who I'm not friends with anymore. But I'll have, like, the police, God rest their soul, but uh, that situation that happened in Bristol the other day, that was, it's emotional as someone, I mean, as a human in general, um, as someone whose mom is a police officer, having friends that are police officers or people that I was friends with in the past that are police officers that I don't speak to anymore, like, that really ruffled my feathers for a few days. Like, I really was just like, I literally want you all to quit right now. (laughs) (laughs) I want you all to quit your job right now. Yeah, but I just feel like because I'm so empathetic, like and just so intuitive, like I I can't put myself in a position to overstep boundaries and put myself in that position where it's like I if I did that every time I worried about someone, I would bring back people into my life that are just not meant to be there, and I can't I can worry, but I have to have control over it, you know, and that's yeah. something that I've struggled struggled with in the past, relationship wise, friendship wise, not wanting to let people go because of the unknown and because tomorrow is not promised and just wanting to keep everyone around me so I can make sure everyone is okay. There's a lot of times too that when I was going out, it was too much for me to be in a room full of people because I felt like I felt everything people were feeling. It's like I'm looking at a stranger and I'm like, are you sad? Like you look sad or like, are you okay? Are you, and then it's just- angry? Like, right. And then, but at the same time, I'm socially anxious and I just think this guy wants to kill me and this guy's going to follow me home. Like, it's really crazy. Especially for women. Like, it's crazy. It's like, Real I'm crazy. Sorry, I'm so, like, I, I do, I do advocate for men's like, like I, I i feel for men's mental health and people that can't but there's some there's there's a good i'm not gonna say majority but there's a good portion that's just it's too far gone you know what i mean like you can't and i was talking to the i was talking about this last night um with a, with a couple of friends but one big thing that like i believe in is that with the brain there's so there's ways that you can inflict trauma on the brain in different sections and different ways that can stop the brain from making a new connection in order to like expand and learn or become more, you know what I mean, more powerful. And I feel like there's so there's so many people out there that just inflict so much trauma on their own brain that there's now those paths that were once open are now closed. So there's no other way that you can think except the way that you're already in because you're kind of trapped yourself in. And there's some people that like, when you get to that point, you can't help them. Like, and we see them everywhere. Like, there's the people out there that, like, argue to the end of the day to the blue in their face. Like, you can't change your mind. Like, brick wall type shit. You know what I mean? And it's not everybody and it's not always men. But 
for women, I think like it's it's tough to be in the real world, especially on your own, because it's like, yo, dudes really just be wild out here. Yeah, and that's the one thing that moving away has really taught me, um, because it's the thing is, is I don't live in I don't live in paranoia. Like yeah. sometimes I do, but I don't stop my life because I'm scared to do certain things. Like I yeah. try not to live in paranoia, but I really tell myself that this is real. Like this really happens to people. It's it's so very yeah and just like you said people who are too far gone like there's just like i don't know what to call i mean i think people are just plain evil that do certain things to women that just i mean you're evil like that's like i just really can't put like words to it but like i had saw a tiktok the other day of this girl who lived in dallas and the dallas area if you're listening to this in the dallas area like just be careful because the amount of shit that i've seen is so fucking insane this girl was making such a chaotic video trying to get her emotions out. Her dad's in her apartment, basically saying that someone's been breaking into her apartment and writing on her window. Took her pepper spray, was taking her weapons, like basically like stalking her and then going into her home. And when I tell you that I, there are days, and I've never told this to anyone, I've never said it, but like my mom, so when I moved to Texas, I was here for two years by myself. Like my mom has fell asleep on the phone with me. Yeah. Friends have fell asleep on the phone with me. I've gone into my room and I, I don't leave. I don't unlock my doors. I, lo- I There's times where I've slept in my fucking closet because I want to go. I go into my room. My bathroom's in my room. My my fucking closet is in my bathroom. I'm locking my room door. I'm locking my bathroom door. I'm locking my closet door. Like no. for real, like that because in my mind I just don't know what can happen. There, you, I live in like one of the richest parts of San Antonio, and I'm not trying to say anything, but my mom went through police reports to pick the best area for me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like so. The fact that it was so good when I moved in here, I was at 30% population. I had no issues. The fact that even the, it, me and my roommate, when she moved here, two weeks, we had a rental car. Someone broke into our rental car, smashed our windows, like took shit out of it at like three in the morning, like came from like 40 minutes away because we had an iPhone in there. They took the iPhone, came from 40 minutes away, like a not good part of San Antonio, all the way over here to just do stuff like that. And it's just like, man, That's like cool. sometimes I don't know. I try not to be paranoid, but I really will sometimes just feel like I can't do the same routine every day. Yeah. I can't. I'm constant about who I see around me. If a car, if I feel like a car is following me, I will not go home. Like it's just, it sucks to have to live that way as a woman, but it sucks even more when men don't understand why we're like that. Yes. Because there's are there are so many good men in the world, and I firmly believe it. But there are so many that are scary, and a lot of times it takes the thing that really truly like it comes down to the mental happen. health thing yeah like you really have to trigger a man a certain way like i don't want to bring this up but like when i watched the jeffrey dahmer like the first i only watched the first episode and instantly it was crazy in the in the in the first episode when he's in the club and he basically that guy calls him crazy i literally yeah. could see i'm like i literally said it out loud i'm like he triggered him and my yeah. friend was like what are you talking about and i was like he triggered him like he's do- he's done though like you call him crazy, you call him crazy he's gonna show you crazy like you reject you reject a man he's gonna yeah. show he's gonna show yes. you crazy like and, and that is horrifying because you don't know how someone's going to react it's funny because i've i've been working on i think there's there's two pieces of like you know like movies that i've been working on for the longest and one of them is a serial killer documentary so like not a documentary a a serial killer psycho thriller and so i had to like read into like the dsm i had to like read into shit like this like the triggering and shit like that like what really gets into it but like you never really know what's going to tick that one person off it could be and it's all about the, on how, how they like their sensory, like, you know what I mean? Receptors like come across it. So it could be something that's uh, acoustic audio. It could be something that's visual. It could be something that's like a feel. 
you never know what could really set somebody off into just that having that feeling and then acting on that shit like and in today's society it's hard when you can't tell like i'll be the first woman to say this i don't know if other women do this but like i'm so i don't even want to say i'm sorry but like there are situations where men they could have the best intentions but you scare me i'm blocking you yeah. You message me all the time. I'm blocking you. You're doing this. I'm blocking you. And I understand you're trying to be not, but like, I really will sometimes convince myself that you're like a serial killer or oh. like, you're going to try and stalk me. You're going to, cause it's just, if I haven't had that personal conversation with you, mm -hmm. I don't feel comfortable. So when you are not like, there's people who have Instagram called me or messaged me or constantly like now I'm overwhelmed. But yeah. now the scarier part is I blocked you. What are you going to do? Like, that's where my mind goes. Like, I have to be extra cautious because I don't know how you're going to react to that. Like, yeah, right. Like, it's crazy. Like, like there's people is... who I've blocked and yeah. they go and they message my podcast page. Hey, I don't know where your page went. And, like, people, and I understand you may have the best intentions of heart, but, like, you yeah, nowadays, I'm sorry, but it comes across kind of crazy. Yeah. You have to, just nowadays, like, if you care about women, you need to be more cautious about how you approach them and how you are with them because... At the end of the day, like, we're all, like, and women are not perfect. Like, we, you know what I'm saying? But it's just, it's different nowadays. It really, truly is. And you can you mean well, you can mean the best. But to us, we're going to be protective at, like, of ourselves at all costs. You have costs. to be. You have yeah. to be. Over, mm -hmm. I, I feel like a lot of, like, women in general just have to be overly protective. Because it's like, like you said, it's just so random. And the possibility is never non-existent. Like, even if the mm -hmm. possibility is slim, it's still there that it could happen. I tell, I tell like, my, oh, my trainer, I almost let it slip out. But I tell, like, one of my best friends, like, when we be at the gym and shit like that, like, I go out of my way, like, to not speak to women, to not look at women, like, especially, like, when I started off lifting at a younger age and stuff like that. When you're younger, you're a little bit more, you're a little bit more innocent. And obviously, like, you know, boys around 15, 16, like, we have hormones and stuff like that. You're more innocent to the aspect, like when you see grown men acting a certain way or staring or something like that, it makes you feel like that that ball, like you feel disgusted. Like, you know what I mean? Your stomach like feels like almost like a knot. Cause like, yo, you're a grown man and like you're behaving this way, moving this way. So like to grow up now and still be in the same like gym culture and to see shit like that still exists is like, it puts me at a, it makes me uncomfortable about the future because it's like, yo, it's been like this so long and it's still continuously going out there and I can go into the gym and like maybe I'm not, you know what I mean? I would never say names, but if I can look at you and be like, yo, you're one of those dudes that give me a bad feeling in the gym and shit like that. Or like, I got to be cautious about like, because it's one of those things like if I if I notice like this one dude or like whatever is like, you know, looking in the area or like following a girl from machine to machine, that's something where it'll give me the highlight where it's like, I normally try not to talk to, especially like women I don't know. I would definitely mm -hmm. not, like, I don't approach, like, that's a, a hell no. Just because, like, number one, it's awkward for me. And then number two, like, I don't even know, like, it could be tenfold for, like, how she feels. Mm -hmm. But if I see, like, it's somebody that I've known had those creepy tendencies and shit like that, and now, like, you're kind of, you've picked, like, a, a target or somebody that you're interested in, now I'm going to look more towards that area. So, like, if she ends up, you end up talking to her, you end up, like, being around her, and she starts looking around for help somebody's gonna have to go yeah you know i mean somebody that's actually mm -hmm. like noble or admirable or some shit like it's gonna have to help out i'm just gonna say this if you're a man listening to this and you could you could tell me i'm wrong but i'm gonna be so straight up if you are in a gym just you see someone you like man just wait till she talks to you like i'm so sorry like yes. 
Because it's really not the place, like, and I'll be the first one to say it. Like, there have been times where I've definitely talked to men in the gym, whether it's, hey, can you spot me? Hey, can you do this? And it, it takes me, when I was in a commercial gym, it took me a lot to, like, I had to see that person every day and not feel weirded out by them to, like, go up to a stranger. Now it's, like, anyone who you see is, like, friends because I'm at a very private gym. Yeah. I won't even touch a fucking commercial gym anymore because it's yeah. fucking scary. But, like, but you go to if that, you yeah. see it, yeah, it's, like, man, don't talk to a woman unless she talks to you because I promise you, nowadays, with women... If they want to talk to you, they're they're gonna get it in. And, and truthfully, like, a lot of, a lot of men, and I've noticed this more within the last two or three years, is that they're like their their social awareness be just so non-existent because of the people you that can, they hang out with. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they'll be like, "Oh damn!" Like she looked at me like three, four times. Da, da, da. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. She's looking at. I'm the looking machine. at you because you're looking at me, and I want exactly you to stop. That, man. <laughs> They're looking at the machines or some shit. Like, they're playing out the trajectory mm-hmm. of their workout. They're not really focused on you. Mm-hmm. Or, like you said, they're looking at you to make sure that they're not in that. They don't, mm-hmm. like, they don't lose track of you because yep. they lose track of you. Then you're going to pop up next to them. Right. And I don't want to say it, like, nip your confidence in the butt. Like, you should feel however you feel about yourself. Have the confidence that, yeah, I, yeah. I think about it a lot of times, too. Like, if I want to talk to a man, like, I haven't always been like that. But I will go and do that because you should have that confidence in yourself. But, like... Read the room. Yeah. Like, don't allow that to be like, oh yeah, she likes me. Like, I'm about to do this or that. And it's just like, bro, it's really not. It's really not the place yeah. for that. And it's just crazy because even now, as someone who's a trainer, like, I'm I'm very happy that I can offer my clients a private gym facility because I know how intimidating that is. Like, yes. when I heard about that fucking ish, ish situation about the women's thing at the, the edge trying to get woman, rid of that, yeah, I don't know who started that, but I want to beat his ass. Like, First that is the craziest thing because honestly what like i seen that email you? come through i seen that email come through and i was like yo first of all i mean i'm gonna say this and whether i get backlash or not whatever middle-aged white man was the one that you know what i mean or, or whoever i yeah. definitely think it was a middle-aged man regardless of the race i think it was a middle-aged man it was a white man like, i'm so sorry like yeah. i just know it i'm not like, like, like y'all could cancel me i fucking know it i yeah, know how, it because they're entitled as entitled fuck. and like how how insecure do you have to be where it's like you like oh like i can't they have their own section it's like yo get your fucking workout in where you get it like, or how I mean? creepy like, are you that you want yes. these women out here yes exactly or you want to have access to that like no bro there's a reason that they're over there like I want to know who your mother is. I want to know who your grandmother is, who your daughters, who your sisters are. For you to be making a, su- a suggestion like that, that you should be able to be allowed in there. Hell no. Okay, how much you pay extra a month? Women never felt comfortable in the gym because it's creeps and almost And you know what's so gym. crazy is you shouldn't even have to pay extra for that you shit. You, should, you not. should not have to pay extra for that shit. And that's the one thing I would say about Texas. God bless. Golds. Every single Golds gym I've went to, there's a women's section that's completely any gym that I've gone here. And I think that that's amazing. And it should it should be that way. Truthfully, all of our gyms, they all have women's sections. And I think that that's fire. Because even when I go into those settings, like, I'll be honest, I don't as much. And I think it's an insecurity on my end. Because as a woman, like, I know that those sections are a lot of times for people who don't feel comfortable and sometimes I go into those settings and I feel like and this could all be just in my head but I feel like because I look the way that I look and I I know that I work out in center third that people kind of look at me kind of crazy when I go into those settings like why are you in here like and that could be all in my head but also at the same time like women are not perfect either like we we judge in the center but it should just be a comfortable environment for anybody because you never know what kind of day people are having like and that's what it should be like are you so angry that you don't have a men's section? But also at the same time, it's like, those are one of the things that you guys got to give it to us because it's already a masculine environment. Yes. 
you know, it's already intimidating for us in general and you guys have that. So it's like, if we're going to, why don't you just like, you always want us out your way in general. Yeah. So why and are you so mad about it now? Like, and it, and this is just, like, a, like, it's the only place that you can go that's non-judgmental. You know what I mean? Like you can go there and not feel like you're judged, you know, mm -hmm. like, and, it's, and feel more safer. It was like, yo, this mm -hmm. dude's not going to follow me around for machine to machine. Like, and a big thing for me is like, when it, especially when like the pandemic, like, hit and then we came back into the gyms and a lot more people were crowning the gyms i was like yo if i can't get to the machines i'm gonna make something up on the turf or like on the floor like i'm gonna mm -hmm. get what i need to get but like i'm gonna if i have to make something up to like hit those muscles like that i'm gonna do that mm -hmm. so if you're not really about it which this person was not that's when you can start finding other things to complain mm -hmm. about because if you were really getting your workout and you wouldn't want to go into that area you would be getting right. your workout in but also the other worst part about it is that like those areas typically don't even have everything that the main gym has. So like nine times out of 10, we're working with, and I don't want to say, because I don't, I don't take advantage of it a lot, but like those women are working with minimal equipment They're because minimal. they don't want to go out into the gym because they don't feel comfortable, which is fucking sad. But they're already working with nothing. You know what I'm saying? In and a smaller so environment with more, yeah. all women, like, it's already unfucking fair. Basically crowded as hell. And then it's like mm -hmm. sometimes they have to risk that discomfort to go out and use a machine that they don't have in there. And it's mm -hmm. like, yo, like people are like, yo, I understand. Like, and people are very, um, very selfish. And, they can and judgmental really in general. And, yeah. Right. And then along with that, and this goes for everybody. Now that we're just talking about the gym, just gonna get it out of the way. Like, it shouldn't be a judgmental zone in general. Because I I see so many things that just make me honestly like very sad because yeah. a lot of people too, like it's not even that they don't want to go out. Some people don't want to go on the gym because of men. You know, there's a lot of women who God bless them that they just, they could tell them to fuck off. Yeah. But like a lot of people go to the gym and they don't know what they're doing. And that's not ever something to laugh at. Like no. <laughs> it's not ever something to laugh at. It's not ever something to like, oh, look how they're using this and that no. and that and third. Cause I'm like, bro, like I used to be there too. Cause I looked at some old videos and I'm like, literally, what were you, you know, doing? Like, even what to, were you doing? Even to this day, like <laughs> people, people will be like, bro. yo, you look like so. Good. I'm like, yo, I'll go in there. I have anxiety every time I go in there because mm -hmm. I'm number one, I'm being watched, and mm -hmm. number two is like, you never know what's really working, like what's really gonna, what you're really supposed to be doing. And I'm always looking right. around to see the next guy to see like, yo, what are you doing differently that I could just adapt mm -hmm. into my routine, like right? And it should be that kind of space. It should be that like learning environment like i wish it was more like helpful like i mean the only thing i could ever like i obviously one day i want to be able to open my own gym and it's going to be everything that fucking men hate sorry <laughs> like sorry um but just somewhere where it doesn't have to be that because even me as someone who's a trainer like i'm still constantly learning so like even today i was doing fucking chest flies on the cable i've never done that before and the whole time i'm like damn i hope i'm doing this right or i'll have to hop on google or i'll yeah. look at the machine and like stuff like that that people are intimidated to do in a gym because now you're using a machine and someone's pissed because you're taking too long or yeah. you record like people ask me all the time well how do you record like i feel like do you in the gym fuck what everybody else thinks like Honestly and genuinely, because at the end of the day, like it literally doesn't matter. Like people who get pissed, sorry, sign up for something else. Like open yeah. your own gym, bitch. Like, get a treadmill <laughs> at home. Like yeah. shut up. I want. Yeah, like, build a gym at home because I'll be going to the gym and I I'll also be feeling bad because like I'll go into the gym and I'll be just like so in my own little world that people I know and I actually like I won't even notice them or say hi because like I'm not trying to look around too much. And most of the time I'm going to the gym and I'm I'm smacked like because that, that's the real way that I can just. Ease my, you know I mean, ease my anxiety and shit like that, and really mm -hmm. just go in there and hyper focus on everything. Cause like I feel mm -hmm. like I feel everything so much more. 
And it's like one of those things where it's like, yo, it's it's my world. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like, it's everybody's gym, but it's my world when I'm in there. Like, right. I'm not worried about what they're and doing that's how unless it's... I want research. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And I give anyone props who honestly, like, goes, like I said, I'm now in an environment where people watch my videos all the time. They're like, does anybody work out there? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Literally <laughs> just me. Like, this morning I went to the gym. Like, I unlocked that bitch by myself. I turned on the lights. Like, and it's, it's fire. But sometimes I do miss having that environment because sometimes it does really push you. But I give props to anyone who walks into that every single day and they feel intimidated but they do it anyways because that right there is something to be proud of because it's brain. it's scary like i tried to go to a gold's gym the other day and i was like like my friend works there and i was like can you please walk me to this machine like i'm scared <laughs> like, I mean, I, every time i every time i work out with my trainer like it's like it's motivation just mm -hmm. because this man's physique is like ridiculous like i'm talking about like this man has probably like 0.3% body fat on him. Like he's always trying to call me like I'm the bigger uh -huh. guy. I'm like, you lift uh -huh. more weights and you're heavier than me. Uh -huh. So I was like, when I was F, I'm like, yo, if I think that about him and I love, like, I love that man. Like that, that's my guy. Like uh -huh. I think, if I'm thinking about that, him, like imagine just anybody else that just has no experience coming to the gym and seeing tons of people that look like uh -huh. either like in their head better than they do or like way, uh -huh. like what they're trying to look like. It's like, yo. And, and the most yeah, and the most important part of that, too, is just not even to compare yourself. Like, yeah. I nip that shit in the butt every time someone calls me. Every single client, and this is not me talking myself up, but it's genuinely true. Anytime I have a consultation, it's just like, I want to look like you, and, like, I want to be like you. And I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah, like, you want to be a better version of yourself. Yep. You want to be a better version of yourself, and I'm here to help you do that. But you don't want to look like me. You don't. Like, I get it, and I'm flattered by it. But at the end of the day, like, bodies no, are really unique to it's be, way you know too mean? different. Like, copy mm -hmm. paste. Can't do that. And it's your goals. And also at the same time, like, just because I look the way that I look, I always tell people, one, sometimes it's unhealthy. Mm -hmm. I remind people all the time. Someone asked me today and then they left me on red. If you're listening to this, I don't know if I offended you or something, but they were like asking me, they're like, well, how many days do you work out? And I was like, seven. Like, well, aren't yeah. you supposed to rest? I am in prep. Yeah. I'm doing bodybuilding. It's not healthy all the time. And I tell people that from the get, yeah. it's a it's a sport. It's not a healthy sport. It's just to me, it's all about my it's all about my mindset. Like bodybuilding is not about how I look. It's it's in my head, which is something that I can't explain to people sometimes when I'm feel. training. Yeah. So like, I always tell people, I'm like, don't ever compare yourself. But even though I look the way that I look, it doesn't mean that I'm one the most confident person all the time. Doesn't no. mean that I fucking know everything about the gym. Doesn't mean that I walk into the gym and I'm confident all the time. When I tell you I walk into the gym and I know every single person that goes in there, but there's still some days that I don't want to be mic'd up because I mean, there's one person around and I don't want to hear them to hear me talking or yep. I'm doing a certain exercise or just I don't feel I don't feel comfortable, even if it's an empty gym. Like it's all up here. Mm -hmm. It's it's literally all in your head, genuinely. And that's just something that I've I've learned. So that's why even when I say like, oh, I can never go to a commercial gym, like that's something that I think God puts me in those positions. Like when I said when I went to Gold's two weeks ago, like I was literally forced to go to another gym. Yeah. And I was just like, well, I'm not going to film in here because this is scary. But it's certain situations that you put yourself in. It's just it's just it's just pushing you to grow. And like showing up every day is just that little step every single day that allows you to get more comfortable and in those environments. But I just want to say, like, I always tell people that I'm like, just because certain people look and that's for anyone on Instagram that looks anyway. I promise you, a lot of people are not honest about a lot of stuff. So you just can't compare yourself. You have to yeah. go in there with your own goals, your own mindset and that's that's just the most important part of that i think because because right. the transparency nowadays is very mm -hmm. oh tr horrible like i mean the other day like on my last podcast like i talked about all the time like doing bodybuilding 
and having anxiety, ADHD, and suffering with depression, like, it's very hard because yeah. not only am I going for one of the harder categories for my body type, like, it's just, there's certain ways that I'm like, I, I would tell people exactly how it is because it might help you. Like, even with my meal prep, I tell people all the time, like, I buy cilantro online that for my three weeks, I've been eating the same shit. Yeah. Cilantro online, like the 90 second bag rice, mm-hmm. broccoli, and fucking fish. And I just literally will whip that up in like 10 minutes. Like, I just do everything, put it in, and that's how, that's how I eat. But then I told my clients today, there's some times where I can do that consistently, even though I'm not like cooking a pot, like, however it has to be to get my protein in. There are some days where it's just, I physically can't even do that. It's hard. And I'm eating Taco Bell yeah. or my ass is eating fucking McDonald's. Yeah. And it's horrible because now I feel like I got to start over again. Like, it's you are not defined by your bad. Your journey is so different to everyone else. But yeah, there's a lot of people that don't have that transparency. And I will always from the get tell people exactly like it is or how I go about it. Because at the end of the day, there wasn't people like me for me to look up to. Like, I always no. felt like, damn, like I have to track my calories and I have to eat this fancy food. No, bitch. Like, I'm putting a bag of rice in the microwave. It'll be ready in 90 seconds. Who's hungry? Like, don't play with me. Like, I just have to be honest about that because a lot of times, too, like, when people ask me, well, if you don't eat your protein, how do you still grow? I shit you not. I don't, like, this is not me talking myself up. Like, when I'm in the gym, it is for real pain. Like, and that's not that everyone has to train that way or that it's healthy all the time. But, like, I really, I really will push myself until it fucking hurts. And that's how I promote growth when I'm not eating correctly. Like, I'll say it. I'll say it right now. I well, I I injured myself like probably beginning of beginning of August, maybe first second week of August, and I I I hate I can confidently and wholeheartedly say I hate the like I hate going in there, I hate doing that to myself. Cause I really don't want to be in there. But like that, like you said, like that level of pain, like that's the only thing that just mm-hmm. it not only just makes you feel alive, but it makes mm-hmm. you it makes you like see in real time and feel in real time, like yo what kind of adversity do you want to feel or what kind of adversity do you want to face in order to become stronger to right. grow or whatever it may be and the gym like for me is one one of the places like you really see you really see it and you feel it the growth on like a long-term and short-term mm-hmm. level because like you can really like look in the mirror and see your shit and you by those decisions you make and the way you carry yourself you can feel that mm-hmm. I have not been more excited because, like, I think I'm hopefully I'm going to be cleared by, like, the end of the month. But I have not been more excited to put myself in, like, direct way of pain than, mm-hmm. like, ever before. And I, I think that's one of the biggest things that people like me have a misconception about when it comes to the gym. It's like, it's not something you're going to fall in love with. You're never really going to fall in love with it because it's always you always want more. No matter how good you look or how amazing you feel, like, you always want more. And people be like, yo, it must be. And it's one of my thing, pet peeves about anything. Like, no matter what you have materialistic stuff, people be like, yo, it must be nice. And I'm like, it's not. It's, it's not. Because like, and I, the thing, and that's big that you said too. Like, it's not. Not everyone's gonna be passionate about it. Not everyone's gonna fall in love with it. Like, and it's not supposed to be that. I don't want to show it for the last two make. weeks. Yeah, like for the last two weeks, I'll be the first one to say, like, I have not enjoyed going to the gym for one second. Mm-hmm. Like, I've literally cried before my workouts. Like, I don't want to do this. But I have to. I can get emotional right now. Like, some people think, like, I feel like they look at me. And this is also just, and this is me being completely honest, like, how I think people perceive me a lot of times because I show up every day or my physique. Like, I worked very hard. And a lot of, I went a long time discrediting myself. Like, I worked very hard to be where I am right now. And it didn't come from, like, me wanting to look this way. It came from a mental place because if I can hate myself enough to want to fucking kick my own bucket or to take my life, like, how hard can I show up every single day? Exactly. 
to want to be better. So like when I'm pushing to fail, like a lot of people, I don't put out a lot of my programs because some of my workouts, I will just as advice to people of a workout to do, but nine times out of 10, the videos that I put out, I don't put the exact workout that I'm doing yeah. because I train to failure very heavy. Like yeah. I train to like, I literally am like shaking in my fucking boots because at the end of the day, like what that triggers in my mind mentally is like another one, Savannah, you can get yeah. another one, Savannah, you can get another one, Savannah until Savannah can't get another yeah. one. Like, like, you know, yeah. and like if I, right. And if I go to the extent of like hating myself so much that I would hurt myself, like I need to use that in a more functional way. I know when to listen to my body. I know if I have to take a day off and that's important as well. But like, how, how bad do you want it? Like you want to build muscle and you want to like condition and you have goals like I have, like how, like genuinely how bad do you want it? Cause you're not going to be passionate about it. You're not going to fall in love with it. Not everyone starts making videos and doing all this stuff. It's not, that's not for everybody. That's for the people who do it because that's how they feel about it or okay. it allows them to show up. My, me, when I started recording, like it just was that like initiative to show up every day. Cause I don't have like one thing that I like love when I see at home with everyone that works at home is like, it's a community. Like sometimes I miss home. And I'm like, Oh, I want to go back home. Cause I don't have that here. Like mm -hmm. I was forced into a place where I'm pushing myself by myself. I tried a trainer, love him to death, but it didn't work for me. And I got pushed into a, in a position where I was in solitude with the gym, where I was genuinely pushing myself and I had to do it for myself. And that's like, you right. And, and you as up, a right. trainer, I tell my, my clients as well that like, I'm here, but I cannot make you want it. Like yeah, I genuinely, yeah. I genuinely can't make you that, want it. There's those moments outside of the sessions where you're working on, I can't be there with you 24 hours a day, mm -hmm. seven days a week. Like you're going to mm -hmm. have to light that own fire under your ass and really want that. Or even the days that they can't show up or they're canceling. And like, I'm always super like lenient with it. Cause at the end of the day, like you're not, you're not ruining anything for me. Cause you already gave me my money. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you gave me my money when I sent you that invoice and you scheduled your appointment. You not showing up is on you and that's affecting you it's not affecting me obviously i can't like with a lot of things with my clients too like i'm not going to text you every week and say hey what do we like here and there you know like hey do you want to have a session this week but like that's on you that's yeah. your accountability to be like i have to see savannah i have to make savannah because at the end of the day like i have constantly i have people coming in so like if you don't want your set time this week you don't want to show up like that's on you so but you can progress right yeah. and that's why i say that like being as as, as a personal trainer you get more knowledge on seeing how it is as an entrepreneur because it's not something that a lot of people stick with but it's also not some like people have that perception of like oh we're so gym rats we're so in love with this and we just love showing up every day like i nah, promise you a, i don't totally the only thing totally i like different. doing every day is drinking creatine like, that's, it. <laughs> that's the only thing i thoroughly enjoy is taking my fucking creatine because i promise you i'll wake up at 3 a.m to take that shit if i forgot that day like don't play with me but like it's just it's a release but it's not always like a good time nah. It's not always. And it's like, it's one of those things like the human body and like the brain and the body, like the best performance or like it gives out the best results when it's under the extreme of pressure. You know what I mean? Like extreme stress. Like that's when the human body really does give out its best performance. Like, and it's funny because like as you were talking, I was thinking about it's a, it's a Deadpool movie and like, you know, the mutation that, that, Ryan Reynolds, like, gets put into, like, this air chamber that, like, it just takes, sucks all the air out of the chamber until the body is, like, literally just about on the brink of death, and then it brings air back into it. And I think, like, people think that way about what, like, they want to do and what they're passionate about. They'll understand that it's, like, it really takes your, like, you have to apply it yourself. Like, you have to apply that stress to yourself, like, that pressure to yourself to really go that extra mile and grow. 
that extra inch mm-hmm. or whatever it may be, but it's like you have a whole nother inch now. Mm-hmm. Regardless if it's only an inch, like you didn't have that inch a year ago, two days ago, two hours ago. Mm-hmm. Like now you're a whole different person. You have that recognition. Yeah. That recognition is fire. Like the gym genuinely has allowed me to become more confident in myself because I see the growth in myself. Like there are times where I think like sometimes I'll cut it out or like I'll send it to my family because my brother every day will text me through chat and be like, Are you natty? every single day? And I send a video. <laughs> but like there's like I can get emotional right now, like I'm a fucking crybaby, but I will definitely be doing physique checks sometimes and just start fucking crying. Like people in the gym will always see me and they'll be like, Sab, you good? And I'm like, bro, like I can't even believe it sometimes. Like, and it's crazy because it wasn't what I pictured when I first started working out. Like, I wanted to look like this because, of course, yeah. like any other female, I wanted the curves and I wanted the butt. Like, where I am now, I genuinely look at myself and I see because of the definition and more muscle than I see rather than like the big butt and stuff like that. Like, to me, I see hard work because I know how hard it is to put on muscle. I know how hard it is to have the definition. I know how I train and it's not for me to explain to anybody to try and convince anybody of like i know what i go in there and do every day so when i look at myself i'm just like that's fucking nuts because there was a version of me before that never ever ever thought that was it would have never accepted like the version before would have never accepted that as like something you were content with and now since you've worked to it and it's like damn Mm -hmm. i earned not only the body that I have, but the right the mentality to myself, like, yeah, to like yeah. actually accept this. Yeah. yeah, and not even just that too, but like, and also I'll say this too, the crazy thing is, is that sometimes, genuinely, I see that old version of myself when I look at myself. So like, there will be times where I'm literally staring at the mirror and I'm like looking at my legs and I'm like, okay, like, focus, like take off the goggles, like see yourself for what you genuinely really are because you're not seeing that right now. And like, when I tell you, like, People probably think I'm being dramatic or lying, but I'm not fucking with you. Like, there will really be times where it just, I look at the mirror one second and I look back after talking to myself like that and it's completely different. Yeah. It's completely different. Like, and I think that's the biggest, like, body dysmorphia is very, very, very it's real style. Real. It, it is. I, I, all right, well, apparently Zoom said we were talking about the gym for too long. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I don't even know where we left off with that, but we'll just scratch. Bottom line, gym. Do what makes you feel comfortable, man. Yes. Mind, your, mind your fucking business. <laughs> and if you're listening to this and you tried to cancel the women's part of Edge Fitness, I want you to directly email me so I can tell you to shut the fuck up. That, and with all due respect, your mother can suck my shit from the back. You know no, respect. Like, no respect. <laughs> with no, no due respect because you have no respect for women. <laughs> so did you have any questions? Because most of mine were basically, I feel like we touched on them without even me asking them truly so i don't know if you had any questions for me i would say we could we actually kind of touched on a lot of it we did yeah the only other question i think it might have came from the phone call we had the other day and it comes about you know like being vulnerable and like the different aspects of being vulnerable and stuff like that and it's kind of a good segue to like coming from the gym into this because it's like when it comes to like social life and stuff like that like you kind of like i don't want to say the gym kind of goes hand in hand with it. You know what I mean? Like you're building yourself up and it's like, when we could talk about friend groups or like dating or like meeting new friends and stuff like that. Like you always have to be your first and biggest fan of anything that you do. You have mm-hmm. to be the biggest advocate for yourself and you have to do shit that like, I mean, in this, in this perspective of it, when you're dating and stuff, you have to care about that other person. Like it's like, you have to care about the other person, the way they think, like what they're bringing with them as well. Like, 
because you start you start a relationship or whatever it may be and now you have to worry about you know what i mean that person's friends that person's family like mm-hmm. what the perspective they're gonna have and stuff like that so because i know you you spoke about it earlier and you're like yo like because i'm not ready and stuff like that and it, and it, it, it struck me because it's like yo like i know how selfish i am and like i always mm-hmm tell my friends how grateful I am for them because, like, I'd be going zero dark, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they won't hear from me or anything like that. And it, but it's, like, one of those things that's, like, people have to be a little bit more transparent with themselves, first and foremost, because too many people be lying to themselves about everything in the world. But, like, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to that. Because though they'd rather be in a bad situation to that than to be lonely all the mm-hmm. time. They'd rather be unhealthy than lonely all the time. So like, what's one of the biggest things that you've noticed? Like, what is one of the biggest things of like moments of growth that you've noticed that was actually letting you know that you weren't ready? Like, it happened, and you're like, oh damn, like I grew from this, but like it's still like more of a, a measurement tool to like letting me know I'm on the right path, but it's just not there yet. I think something that I'm struggling with right now. Well, you know what? To answer that question, I don't think. I'm not ready. I think that I am ready, but I kind of scare myself because what I realized about myself is that I was in a relationship for seven years and a big thing with like nowadays that I'm getting comfortable with and is just openly dating and meeting new people and just, and like I say dating, but it really is just with me, it's really building foundations and friendships so just like what you said, it's it's harder. It's hard for me sometimes because of how vulnerable I am and how people may may perceive it sometimes that what makes it hard on myself is the way that I look at myself and how I think people are perceiving me or how they may feel about someone who has uh, anxiety or ADHD. And to answer your question, I feel like that all comes back from like that's trauma because I used to feel so shut out and so judged or like I was like different because I, I struggled with those things. So I don't necessarily think that I'm not ready. I just make myself feel like I'm not ready because I'm scared to be yeah. vulnerable with another person in that aspect. Because also at the same time, just like anyone, I have high standards for myself and I have, I don't want to say expectations, but there's things that I look for in a person that are, I guess, very particular to the kind of person that I am. I'm really big on like energy and stuff like that. And I think sometimes I'll convince myself that I won't find certain things. Um, or I will, there will be instances where I guess, I guess like for me, I can tell whether I'm going to like someone or not. And I think that's something that I've struggled with or recently have told myself, like, maybe you need to work on this before getting in a relationship is being able to communicate my feelings about certain people. Cause I never want to hurt people's feelings, especially as a female who makes male friends. It's hard when you make male friends and then they just start like liking you. Yeah. And that's not what my intent was and then I get I don't know how to deal with that and I want to like disappear now because I don't want to hurt your feelings but I also then I start thinking about like well what did I do wrong and how did I do like you know like what made what did I do to make you feel this way and like stuff like that where to now it's like that's something that I really struggle with because at the same time there was a, a version of Savannah who was super nice like people pleaser like had friends and this and third and i had to learn how to just get more protective with my energy um and that's something that i'm focusing on now so like i don't want to say that i'm not ready because i am it's just scary so that's another like if if anyone's going through that like it's it's totally normal to feel scared to put yourself in like vulnerable positions because i think the main thing that i've learned through my journey 
and just about love in general is you have to accept its duality like you have to accept the fact that you're going to take a risk and that you might get hurt and in that like you're going to learn something um enough like to tie with that too like uh what i've learned through dating and with duality of love is just that you are going to meet a lot of people and it might not work but the point of that is like god is what i tell myself is like god is not going to date for me yeah. Like if I pray to God for all the things that I want in a person, he's not going to go out there and date for me, but you're going to meet a lot of different people and you put yourself in positions to learn what you don't and you do like. Yeah. My yeah. thing that I used to struggle with is like, I'd make a friend and oh, I'm interested in this person. I want it to be this person because I'm too scared to go try and talk to somebody else. <laughs> I'm too scared to get to know somebody else. I'm too scared. Like I want it to be this person because I already know a little bit about them. Like we vibe a little bit. And then when it doesn't work out, it's just like, damn, like. but then you learn in that situation the things that you did like the things that you didn't like and you take that and you move forward i used to confuse that with well god is telling me i'm not ready god is telling me i can't and then i isolate myself and i don't talk to people and i put myself back in a bubble and i'm single for three years because i'm like god's telling me i'm not ready but god's really telling me like keep going like keep trying like i'm not gonna do it for you yeah it doesn't mean it's not out there Mm -hmm. and i think that's it's it's big on trial and error um Mm -hmm. i also think like it is it's big on how people you know what i mean their their family dynamics like their friend dynamics family is huge but that is the biggest part like biggest part mom dad like uh, influences the like somebody's perception like if you're a male or female like it doesn't matter your parents are probably going to be your first contact or first impression of like what relationships are you know what i mean most for most people unless mm-hmm. like their family dynamic is different but you carry that with you like subconsciously and like you won't even know that you acting a certain way or acting yes. differently because you notice shit like that that's a whole other thing to unlock too like one thing like i'll openly say about myself like my parents got divorced when i was 16 and that was really hard for me because i didn't even realize the things that i carried until like healing from my relationship that are how in the ways that i was like my dad in the ways that i was like my mom in the ways that i grew up seeing my parents arguing or like, something that i unlocked the other like a few weeks ago was just like i always cry in my bathtub like and I used to ask myself all the time, like, Santa, why are you crying in the bathtub? And I remembered that as a child, like, when my parents used to argue, I'd always go to the bathroom and go in the bathtub because no one can come in there. Like, I yeah. have, like, they just think I'm using the bathroom. It's just a lot, like, it's stuff like that that you realize it does affect you as a child. And, and not that my parents are horrible parents. They just were not good for each other. Yeah. When they separated, it was completely different relationships, completely, you know what I'm, I'm saying? But, like, you do carry that. It's just some people don't want to unlock certain things or they don't like they're they, gone. They don't like, i'd never it. be like yeah. my parents i would never be like my parents in this other but like you subconsciously are even before you're born you have traits of your parents that like oh, you have traits yeah. of your grand you have the traits of your grandma and before. it's scientifically proven that people's it, it, happiness and everything is 60 percent genetics and then the rest is a compilation of what they do on a daily basis and what you know what i mean what's around them so mm-hmm. if you try to ignore i mean if you try to ignore family trees and stuff like that you're yep. never going to know what history you're going to, you know what I mean, repeat because you're you're ignorant to what's already happened. And what I think I've learned, and I don't think I've ever said this out loud, but I think my biggest sacrifice in life was choosing to learn those things because it made me become so different than my family. It made me come here and be away from my family. Like, it made me have to, like, distance myself because I was, I chose to break generational curses i chose to distance myself so that i could be better for my family so i can learn more things like it wasn't always like easy to do certain yeah, stuff like that to, but you have to rip off that you know what i mean that band-aid of innocence mm-hmm. for it to really like 
catch mm-hmm. on and latch on and understand yeah. why it's like that. It's just a part of me became, and like not everyone gets this point, but a part of me just became super intrigued. Like I got intrigued with how my parents were raised and just when my grandma passed away, just learning so much about her and learning so much about my aunt. Like one thing that's really, I've learned just having siblings and learning from my aunts and my uncles, like, on um, you know, with my parents, like, no one grows up with the same mom and dad, even if you grow up in the same household. Yeah. Like, you don't grow up with the same parents. Like, even watching my brother grow up now, it's crazy. Like, one thing, like, I didn't want to talk about Blaze because that was just, like, a huge part of why I got into mental health. But, like, becoming a big sister, when I first heard about Blaze, I'll be so honest, I'm going to talk about this, I was not happy because of the situation and how it came with my dad. Like, yeah. it was not something I ever expected. It wasn't, like, Obviously, he's completely changed my life, like, and I've learned so much through him. But watching my dad be a parent at where he, after everything he's been through, yeah, to him, it's really crazy sometimes. Like, I really watch it sometimes, and I'm just like, right, and it's really interesting. Like, my aunt used to tell me, uh, we had, I had like a deep conversation with my aunt. She, um, you know, before my grandma passed away, she didn't have a good relationship with her mom, which was my grandma, and you know, she openly used to tell me, like, sometimes when you were a kid, that I was a little envious because of how your grandmother was with you, you yeah. but she wasn't like that with me. And like my god my my aunt is my godmother. Like she calls me every single day. Like we talk like so it wasn't like out of like, oh I despise you, but it was just interesting to know that fact because how that related to me, but then also how her parents were with my dad. Like my dad had a completely different childhood when it came to my grandparents. So like all that stuff just really, really was intriguing to me. It made me think more about my siblings. It's made me more empathetic towards my siblings. Like my siblings yeah. already know how I am. I'm the most expressive in my family like my siblings fucking wives and husband like they will call me and talk about stuff and like i'll tell them straight how it is like because i i i can't ever put myself in their shoes because i didn't grow up like them but i grew up through same situations but it makes me constantly think about their experience Mm -hmm. as children and as adults and how it's just how we're all just so different but how we can all be the same in some senses like it's just really interesting a lot of people don't want to dive into that because they don't want to know and i feel like sometimes when i say that people are just like well how do you know people don't want to know and i'm like i've heard it like i talked to my sister-in-law the other day about like astrology stuff and like she had asked me and she was like well why would anyone want to know that stuff like you basically just told me this and i'm like i didn't tell you anything bad i told you ways that you can things you're dealing with and you know it's true because you're admitting it's true it's just whether or not you want to dive into it and you want to work on it or not it's not saying astrology is not telling you your life is doomed it's just telling you things that you may struggle with and it helps you. It aids you. Like, I don't care what anyone has to say about astrology, about the fucking Bible, about, sorry, God, I should not be saying the fucking Bible, but that, all I'm those things, they are tools yeah. that just really lay out life for you, like in a way. And it's just really crazy. Like once I started reading the Bible, I was like, this is like really insane. Like it mm-hmm. genuinely, the way that you, it, like, it's, it's just crazy. It's so crazy. And that's just a whole other topic for like a whole other day. Yeah. But that and astrology, it astrology's in the Bible. So when people say like, Oh, how do you no, do it? We're, like, we're, we're definitely it, gonna we're definitely gonna reconvene this in another time. Like, oh, definitely. Like, definitely. Because that right there was life changing for me. And I always tell people, I'm like, just because I talk like this or I'm aware about certain things like this, it doesn't mean you have to be like that to be my friend or to be around me or anything like that, because I'm still a normal human being. It's just the way that I think sometimes and it's because it's not like I'm sitting here trying to unlock shit. It's just I'm trying to make myself better. And I'm trying to make myself more aware so that when I have children, they know that they can talk yes. to me about certain things and I yep. can be a more present parent and be more aware to certain things that they didn't have. But also not even just that, but for my brother as well. Like that struck me in, in, in all because, you know, my dad's 50 and I hate to say it, but he says it all the time. Like he's not going to be here forever. 
Yep. You know, so there's going to be a certain point where all my brother is going to have is me. And it's not something for me to, you know, go in, in depth about, but like his mom is not in his life. So like, it's just me and my dad. So yeah. I think about that constantly as an older sister, um, how I can make sure that my brother is obviously like cared for and develop and just, you know what I'm saying? Like, it feels like a lot of pressure a lot of times, but that yeah. pressure just pushes me to know more so that I can be better for myself and for just like people around me like that. Cause when you're not, I don't want to say when you're not aware, but when you just choose to not want to learn things about yourself like it's undeniable that life is like it's just we live on a floating rock it's very undeniable that there's not things to (laughs) unlock like you know what i'm saying people you can't be oblivious to that like we're not here to just like walk around and work 40 hours a week and like like let's be very for real like if i'm gonna be here i'm gonna have a good time while doing it like yeah like i'm gonna try and figure out as much as possible like alien space give me all that like like i'm here for all of it one big thing, and it, it probably, it probably like, it probably manifested itself beforehand. But 2019 is when I actually took action. It was like, I, I shopped around for like therapists and shit like that, and I was like, yo, y'all not cut, y'all not cutting it for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then I found one that like she understood the reasoning why I was going there. Like, yeah, you know I mean, everybody, every other person was trying to figure out, yo, what's the category that we can put him in? Because mm-hmm. like I'll get, I gave them the same like answer to why i was there because like it was the most is the truth like i couldn't fudge that up i couldn't like pretty it up or anything so like i go in there and i'm like yo i know that there's a lot of underlying factors that i don't know that i'm not aware of that can stop me from being successful and that can possibly damage my ecosystem like my friends Mm -hmm. my family and shit like that so she she was the only person out of the nine people i went to that was like yo like she grasped it you know what i mean she could actually understand why i was there and it's like i'm not i ain't have no like doctor's orders written up i have like i was really legitimately just looking out for myself to be like yo like i'm not trying to live in a world of like what's the, what's the word i'm looking for ignorance i'm not trying to like right. build a, a world of ignorance for myself like i there's certain things i gotta face and like a couple of my friends would like i, I would say a few of them like it helped me bring it to light but it was never to the point where it's like yo like you have to do more about this. So like I had to take that upon myself. And I think like mm-hmm. for all men out there, for everybody, period, like we go to dentists because they're professionals in teeth. Like, you know what I mean? We go to mm-hmm. like college because they're professionals in teaching. Like and your brain next to your body is the only thing that you will not get another thing of. So why not go to a professional to truly understand your own psyche and who you mm-hmm. are? And I think that's like that's one of my biggest flexes like of all time is like being vulnerable and transparent with myself and with somebody mm-hmm. else that I feel comfortable with and be like, yo, let's like, I mean, like, let's level mm-hmm. up on a mental level. Like now, like what's the next step that I can get to? Like, how can I get my brain yep. to be stronger? Like, how can I have my mind, mm-hmm. body and soul connection become, you know, fortified? Mm-hmm. And I just want to say kudos to you for even continuing to find that right person, because that's something I've always talked about on my podcast. Like I've had tons of different therapists i'm not even going to therapy right now so it's like i have to find certain ways to be that to myself like but sometimes it like i honestly like there was my last therapist it was an internship so it just faded out but i knew by the end like to me it wasn't personally we weren't the right fit because it was like i would say certain things like career-wise and it was oh why don't you join the army and why don't you do this like i don't think i don't that's not yeah that's not that's not that's not my conversation would be going not Mm -hmm. the right way Right. And it's just certain things. It's like, I, and also another thing, you know, for everyone listening, that's really important is, uh, when, when you're finding a therapist, you know, one, be picky Yes, be because, you know, be very, very picky, simple. but also 
know that there's a very fine line. And of course, at the end of the day, this is someone's profession. Yes. And I've heard about it that a lot. Like, this is not your friend. This is someone's profession, but it doesn't mean that they're, that people won't have empathy towards you. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you are there to grow. You are there to get, to get your shit out, to talk about how you feel to get better but this person is not there to be your friend so if that's that little thing that feels like well they don't this and they don't that at the end of the day it's their job just like you said the dentist the doctor the center they are there to to help you right they are there to help you they're there to aid you but like they're not like that's when i had to like i like i remember being in a relationship for so long and he'd always tell me like well this the therapist is going to tell you this and that and like they're not your friend and i'm like no they're not my friend but i'm not here to be your friend i'm here to say what i have in my mind and i want you to help me like strategically think it out and like why my brain is working like this because sometimes there's just so much going on in here that i'll go sit in therapy get all my shit off and then leave and feel like i just decluttered everything right i just i just decluttered but it's just like okay cool maybe next time I'll. it's not that like my therapy has never sent me home with like homework or like stuff like that like i right off the gate always tell my therapist what it is like there's a lot going up on in here i'm going to tell you exactly what it is and like you know you just you either you listen like there's sometimes where all they all they do is just listen and they say yeah. well savannah like that's our that's our time for today you know what i mean like yep mm-hmm. and sometimes like, like there there would be times where there were sessions where i was like damn like he's not gonna say anything like i kind of want something like this and a third but sometimes it's just it's good to just get it off because you need someone to talk to you like so that's just I thing mean, if what really what really like had her stick out and really it's like i got everything off my chest and then like leaving and then that next day that same night the three days later it's like everything that was spoken of rearranged itself into either a solution or a chain to be built onto the next session or like the next part and whether the next part involves her or just is me like there's a moment of growth where like it's like damn like i kind of think of it like almost like I don't even know the best analogy to put onto it, but it's like, it's literally like I'm going, I'm taking stepping stones and like, yo, I just got that off. And like, now that's that foundation for the next step Mm -hmm. I'm going to take to build on top of that. And like, without that, and like you said, they're not friends. So they're going to tell you how it is the same way that I go to my accountant and my lawyer. And I don't, I mean, I go to them, I, I, I get stuff off. There's things I hope I get to hear. And there's the things that I actually hear. You know what I mean? And that's where a lot of people have a different differentiate Mm -hmm. because you go to a friend have drinks or whatever it is and pour your soul out and they're gonna either like depending on who the friend is tell you exactly how it is or sugarcoat shit for you mm-hmm. i'm paying you money i don't want you to sugarcoat nothing like that needs to come out except like raw like i need you to get mm-hmm. this out to be raw and just like anyone like you're not always you're not gonna like that like no. just like in, just like a point that you made like i'm that friend that's gonna tell you how it is yeah exactly. and i know that some people they don't like that and that's okay but at the end of the day i'm like that because i care about you Therapist, it's going to be the same thing. You have to sit there and be ready to hear a lot of things that you don't want to hear, but also knowing that it's in their best attempt to help you. Yeah, because whatever whatever comes out of whatever you're doing, like, if you can't build with the result of whatever you did, and it's just something that you just got, like that's to me, it becomes pointless because it's like, yeah, I did this, and I'm done with this, and now like the end product can't be be reused or to help anything mm-hmm. else, and it's just the it's just that end product. Nah, I need the end product to be something that's not only everlasting but a catalyst for evolution of like the next step or like what the next phase is going to be and mm-hmm. like i think a lot of people like kind of you know sometimes they'll do things and they'll be like all right at the end of it it's just done but not at the end of it it's like the same thing when you learn like in school and shit like that 
your notes aren't just there for like that one exam. Your notes are going to be there for long term. I mean, depending yes. on what your career was, because I never really fucked with school or stuff like that. But everything that you learn is going to be applied somehow. And mm-hmm. if you can't, and if you achieve something and you can't apply it to the next thing, like you're kind of just going to be going in circles, just collecting just random shit that never just bundled up together. You know what I mean? Like it'll never come together mm-hmm. to make a bigger picture. Very right. Everyone, well, I'm not going to say everyone go to therapy, but if you've ever been considering therapy, do it. It's top tier because, like, going, being in it, and then, like, now we're on a period where, and also, this is another thing that I want to say, too. Like, therapy is not cheap and it's not free. Like, and that is one thing that I'm super passionate about. There are resources for sure. Um, but also, like, if you feel like you're in a state where you can't afford a therapist, like, I mean, if you're listening to this right now, you can definitely DM me. There's so many people that I've sent. I'll sit here. I will send you journal things. Or if you don't like that, like, pull out your phone. Talk to your phone camera. Talk to your voice app. Like, Like, just get it off. Journaling. Journaling is probably one of the, like, I did journaling journaling for a while before I even did that. Like, before I even got Mm -hmm. into the idea of therapy, I was journaling for a while. But, like, like, to piggyback on what you're saying, like, there are resources. Everybody has not everybody has the internet because some people, you know, misfortunately mm-hmm. don't have the, the resources like that. But if you can get to the internet, you can find a therapist. Like there's programs out there. Like there's, there's, um, there's programs, there's like Medicaid or whatever it may be, but like there's places that if they don't give you help, they'll try to give it to mm-hmm. you for free if you qualify. Shit like that. Yep. Just like you're another, a defender. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I wanted to add to that too, when it comes to therapy, like something I've had an experience with, I talked to someone about this yesterday, medication. Um, if you ever feel like there's being something that's recommended to you that you don't want to do, like you never have to do that. Um, because a lot of times now we think like, okay, we're a therapist and they're able to, like, I've had a therapist, I have a, uh, psychiatrist and she's, yeah, and she writes me like stuff and like, I'll be so honest. I took medication for like two weeks. I ended up super sick. Like I just, it just wasn't the vibe for me, but just because they are a doctor and they prescribe these things, it doesn't mean you have to do it. If it doesn't feel right to you, you don't have to do it. Um, me personally, as a creative, it completely shut me down taking ADHD medication. It made me not like myself. Yeah, and even though sometimes I was, I'm unconfident in the person, not unconfident, but like I've, I've gotten way more confident with the person that I am. But when I was taking medication, um, I used to just be insecure about how I talk, how fast I talk, like how my ADHD made me that I was so adamant to take yeah. something to change that yeah. about myself that when I started doing it, it changed me completely. And I realized that I'd rather embrace the person that I am and be around the people that I meant to be around rather than change myself um, for medication. I also learned that, you know, with me, I'm very big on like my purpose and I know that everyone in life is meant to do things. So I think that certain trials happen to me for a reason. I think that I'm not meant to be taking medication so that I do have that sign of me that's more vulnerable to show people like, I'm going to show you my worst and my best because this is who I am as a human. And you, it's possible to do things without it. Like there's so many natural ways and i'm not gonna sit here and say smoke weed i'm not gonna sit here and do shrooms but if if you ever get the chance to do shrooms (laughs) i'm not about to hold y'all that shit will change your life for real like that right there is like the number one i mean i could really talk that's a whole other day because i could really talk about shrooms for like a very long time and the benefits of it that just it i mean they're they're, they're doing they're they're there is so they're like so few steps away from actually getting it approved for mm-hmm. like you know like uh what's it like clinical is it to do it like, yeah like, and and they want to do it in like, california well yeah. it is legal in california now so that you can do it with a therapist and i think that's yep. fucking fire like i think Fantastic. that's so fire Fantastic. i think that's amazing and i just want to end it by saying this 
in short, shrooms are what put me into my solitude. Shrooms are what, after I did shrooms, I was perfectly okay with being by myself. And I tell everybody that, and like, oh, really? No, genuinely, from night to morning. And I want to tell, say this, like, when I did my shrooms, my first time I did shrooms, I did, like, three grams. Don't know why I did that. I don't, don't go crazy like that. I had very scary moments, and I had very uplifting moments. But the moments that felt scary, it wasn't like I'm seeing monsters and shit. I was seeing the real me. Yeah, because to my therapist on, on different substances before, um, but I think mushrooms had to be like the most rawest session I ever had in my life. Oof. Because like with that, it like, so like marijuana slows down my ADHD. So like my friends can all like, attest to the fact that like if i'm speaking to somebody for some reason like i'm still listening to another conversation in the like the same room and i can tap into both of them or i'm talking to you and i just go into a whole different conversation then right back into the other one and then i lose a person yes so marijuana like slows it down so that doesn't happen but like the mushrooms just makes it so it's like i'm way more efficient with doing shit like mm -hmm. that I, I just strongly recommend at least everybody at least microdose once. I will be an advocate for it because at the end of the day, I know what it feels like to take medication and that shit is out. Like it's out. It's a just, it I just think changes, it, it changes your like, it changes your chemical uh, balance of the body, mm -hmm. chemical chemistry just so much that like, mm -hmm. I think like, even if you just take it once, there's a, there's a, enough change that, that you never go completely like back to normal. But like when you're on it consistently, like bro those those receptors in your brain stop you know reacting the same way mm -hmm. once that neurotoxin gets to it like the crazy part of that that is is like oh well in two to three weeks when you get used to it everything will be normal but like i don't want to feel like bullshit for three yeah. weeks like i'm not like that shit's out so don't ever feel like it's a psychiatrist and also another thing too is like take everything as a grain of salt because yes it's their job but like you don't have to if a therapist looks you dead in your face and everything. say yeah, yeah like I had a therapist look at me and tell me I was bipolar and like I was hyper aware and like very aware of myself in a situation where I was like I you have one you had one conversation with me and you're trying to tell me I'm bipolar so like that right there is like you don't have to take everything in those moments it's like oh my god like I'm this or I'm that like I used to think my diagnosis yeah, defined me but it's not set in stone and that's why I say see multiple people talk to multiple people like I believe that like there's no you can't just label one person as one thing because everybody mm -hmm. has a little dose of like you know what i mean like everybody mm -hmm. has like like me and you for instance we'll say example person a person b i have 40 percent of anxiety in me you have three percent anxiety in you. you know what i mean like mm -hmm. adhd like 70 percent here 80 percent there like it's all everybody has a mixture of all this shit so you you can't really just like lock it in in one spot and right there, that's also something that i wanted to talk about too and I always say, like, I'm struggling with things, but it's just the thoughts that I have. Like, not everyone deals with the same amount of stuff. Like, I think it's big nowadays for people to be like, well, I have anxiety and I have this. And I'm like, I'm not saying you don't. I'm not saying you don't. But don't try and discredit other people for how they experience it. Yeah. Because, like, I think that some people will sometimes just think I'm trying to, like, glorify that I have scorching anxiety. But, like, I really don't. Like, I understand how you have anxiety. But, like, you have, like, there were, ha I've been in situations where people are like, well, I have anxiety. Like, I can go here. That's yeah. good for you. That's I amazing. physically yeah. cannot like Kudos there's certain you. things that I can't do, but like there's certain to certain extent that everyone is very, very, very different to how they feel. Like, even ADHD, like ADHD was my is my number one thing that makes me super insecure, I will say, because of the extent that it is like I'm so grateful for even like my roommate, like people around me who have learned certain things about me 
how to help me with my ADHD, which is super important because it makes me feel like a child sometimes. I can't remember certain stuff. Or if I don't, if I come home and I take my shoes off, I'm toast. Like, yeah. I'm not doing anything. I it, It's hard for me to, like, take my clothes from the fucking washer and put them in the dryer. Like, when I did stuff like that, my roommate would look at me like, good job. Like, and not, like, in a way that I would be like, oh, like, I feel like a child. Like, you're congratulating me. But, like, you know that I'm, that, that is hard for me. Yeah. You know, there's even times where I can do stuff like that for her, other people. But when it yeah. comes to myself, it's like a yeah. shut off. Like, I, there's days where I come home and I fold her laundry. I make her bed. Like, I cook dinner, all this stuff. And you go in my room and it looks like not dirty, but it's a mess. Like it's a mess. Like I have laundry on my bed that I haven't folded yet. Or like I maybe didn't make my bed, like stuff like that. that I'm like, fuck, I hate. And because it's myself, I shut down and I feel like I'm a horrible person, but I do it for other people. And it's just, it's easy. It comes like nothing. So like having people around me who learn those certain things have definitely aided and helped me. But like to the extent of which is like people think that ADHD is just like, oh, you're hyped. Like you can't sit down. You can't sit still. Like, no, sometimes not, like nah, I can't, fact, I man. can't do anything at all. Like, it'll be, I can't it'll do- be like, it's more so that it's like, yo, I know I have all this shit to do. And like, you have to, but you have to like set yourself with like little exercises mm-hmm. just so you can get to, cause it's like, yo, I got these 15 things, 15 things to do. I've written them all down. All that. Yes. And it's like, I it's know the craziest what's the next step, thing. but I can't start it. You know what I mean? And like, the worst part about it is, is just when you know that it's affecting you. It's certain phases that I do certain things. Like I was locking my keys in my car yep. every single day. And you would think after paying a hundred dollars, like it got to the point, yeah, yeah. it got to the point that the guy that I was calling was literally like, he stopped charging me. He was like, yeah. like, I know you're not doing this on purpose. And there's no way that someone locks their keys in their car every single day. Like it has to be something I'm like, so like, I don't like just openly tell people I think like I do struggle like making it feel like it's a task to be your friend is very hard but I yeah. promise you if you struggle with certain things there are going to be people who love you for who you are they're going to help you like and you should never feel insecure about it you should never feel bad for asking for help or just wanting people to understand and know you because it's super super possible like that's something that's always been affecting to me in relationships and when I'm you know so dating and stuff like that that's a big insecurity like is anyone going to be able to deal with that aspect of me or not see it like, just see it for what it is at face yeah. value. Not look at it as, oh, I'm lazy or I don't want, like, because it's not the case. It's just, it really, it's not an excuse, but I struggle with things like that. That it's, like, you have to do little things, like you said, every single day in order to make sure that shit gets done. So when I have super productive days, I'm like, Savannah, you better, y'all better stop playing with me for real. Like, I don't got ADHD <laughs> anymore. Like, that's really how I be feeling. And then the next day, I'm like, I don't even want to make breakfast. Like, and sometimes, like, as, and like, that's what I learned about myself. It's just little things that are, are going to be different about me that are going to help me, and that's okay. So, if you're listening to this and you struggle with things like that, like, there's going to be little things that you have to do in your day to make yourself more productive or to make yourself show up better. And it's okay, whatever the case may be. Like, yeah. I carry a toothbrush with me. I have a toothbrush in my car. I have a toothbrush in my purse. I have a toothbrush at home. I have like four fucking toothbrushes. Like, don't play with me because at the, at the, like that's something that's hard for people who have oh, either yeah, been depressed yeah. or transitioned into anxiety or ADHD. Like you would think brushing your teeth is an easy task, but sometimes it's, it's genuinely of, not. Like it's one of the biggest and and like I got made aware of this because not not because I was acting as it, but like not because it was happening to me, but it but because it's one of the precursors. Like when it becomes like the combination of depression with whatever else you have, one oh. of the biggest signs is like you start to you start to take less care of yourself you know what i mean like because shit that you do on a general basis that you know you like or that you know needs to happen becomes more of a chore so yep. people are like they'll stop you know brushing their teeth they'll stop you know flossing and stuff like that and it's just it's not even that yo you're being lazy or you don't want to do it it's the inability of being able to like justify doing it for yourself mm-hmm. you know what I mean? and that is the biggest thing that i like genuinely if you like don't 
it's it's nothing to feel embarrassed about because it's so real. Yes. Like it is so very real. And it's stuff like that that's like I promise you, like you just have to surround yourself with people that love you no matter what. That's the biggest thing. That's and yeah, and they do little things like even my sister in law called me the other day and she was like, I made your like hygiene bag, like it like for fucking turkey for my trip. She was like, Heck, nice. she bought me fucking shampoo, condition like all this stuff that to me is like, yes, I'm a grown adult and I was gonna do it, but I probably would have done it one awesome. day before my flight. Like yeah. but having someone that thinks of you that way, I don't have to ask her. She already knows how I am. That is yeah, that's a that's a whole other thing. Like, I could talk about fucking struggling with ADHD as a whole episode. Like, keeping people around you that genuinely understand. Like, it's little stuff like that. Like, have to have like the mental endurance mm-hmm. and emotional endurance to like even deal with stuff like that. And sometimes I do notice that uh, a lot of the people who are are better with dealing with me, they do deal with stuff themselves. Yeah. Like my sister in law, like she's dealt with stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing to me too. Like even like family like that, that's family that's chosen and does stuff like that. Like she married my brother. You are not actually like, you know what I'm saying? Like you married my brother and you became my best friend. So the fact that you think about me and doing stuff like that, it just, it's people like that that remind me that it's very possible to have that in your life. And that's just my reminder to everyone. It's very possible to have people around you because I know sometimes I even forget that the way that I feel, I know other people, they feel that way too. And sometimes I forget that. So if you're someone who struggles with any of these things because just like you said depression mixed with any of those things especially in the time right now where people are going with seasonal depression like it's a, just a whole different ballgame i'm struggling with seasonal depression and like it's still 90 degrees in texas but yeah. people would be so surprised about how that can still affect you when you're feeling away and nah, it's sunny outside and you still, you want yeah. it to be like i want it to be raining outside or something yeah. like i'm it's constantly just when you're not feeling okay and you step outside and sometimes say like it's not me taking for granted that I live in an amazing beautiful place and I thank God for that every day but like it's exhausting sometimes it's yeah. exhausting sometimes it's I mean I was, I was talking to my boys last night about how there's um I forgot what the islands are there's somewhere near Malaysia or something like that but there's a whole tribe that there's spleens that that's like the the key component that's really different but their spleens are different than ours because their whole life like they just live on like boathouses so like they they like their biggest resource is the ocean and the like the ocean bed so they can stay underneath water for hours without needing to come back up and they'll just be down there with goggles and spears and they like for years and decades and hundreds of years or whatever it may be centuries like the ones that can't really survive die off obviously and then like they continue to be that way but it's like yo Y'all really spend seven hours at a time underneath the water. And I, you know I mean, like, I would never even fathom being underwater for more than 30 seconds, five seconds. Because I'm not trying to drown. I don't fuck with the it's Titanic insane. for that reason or any cruise for that. No. Reason. Oh, yeah. My mom's been trying to get me to go on a cruise. And I'm like, no, ma'am. We're, we're definitely going to have a whole conversation because there's just so many things coming to mind. Yeah, we're going to have to schedule another. We're going to have to schedule another session. 1,000%. So before we end this, is there any questions that you have? Anything you want to say before I close um, this out? I just want to say this is fantastic. This is I, look, amazing. I look forward to the next session even more than I look like to forward to this one. Um, thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank you for your insight. Thank you for sharing things that you definitely didn't have to share. Without further ado, thank you guys so much for listening. This was a lot of fun. I'm excited to edit this. We probably have like. Hey, I can't fucking... wait to listen to this. Yeah. I can't wait to listen. To... I can't wait to put it together because now that fucking Zoom cut us off like fifteen thousand times. Yeah. I know I'm gonna have to finesse the edits, but it's totally yeah. fine. I think we talked about things that are really gonna help everyone. So I hope that you guys listening um, got something from this. If you have any questions, let us know because Coven he will be back.
Um, thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you on my next episode. Bye.